City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Limits. Okay, and the mics come on, and Meg turned them on now. Morning. <laughs> Kimber's back yeah, after yeah. years being away. How many years is it again? Cough. It feels like a really long time. <laughs> I'm nervous. I hope that I don't make any oh, mistakes. Oh. <laughs> well, let's make her more nervous. Let's <laughs> so for everyone who's obviously not in the studio with us, Kevin looked sideways at me while he said that. <laughs> That's right, and that was Eugenia Subchenko, who's uh, been around. She, she hasn't gone away. Uh, John? John McPherson's here because it's the first Wednesday of the month. We're going to be talking transport. Oh, today. of course John, we again, are. Yeah. <laughs> Some, somewhere. He's, he's our transport guru expert. <coughs> I'm Kevin Healy and it is City Limits and it's the first Wednesday of the month. And in the first half, we're all going to, also going to talk to a bloke called Michael Bayless who uh, is going to be speaking at a meeting at the International Bookshop at Trades Hall tomorrow week about the population issue and related issues. Um, at a meeting, there's three or four speakers going to be there at a sort of forum around the issues. So we'll talk to Michael about that, and we're back to giving it a plug, I guess. Um, and I'm going to pour some tea now. Um, we all want a cup of tea. Mm, yep. Is that all yeses? Mm-hmm. What kind of tea yeah. do we have today? We have white tea because John likes white tea. So on oh. his day, we bring in white oh, tea. That's nice. So that's Good yeah. Yeah. And indeed, I rushed back to the bench because I thought I'd left it behind, but it wasn't there. So the, I drove all the way here, hoping I had put it in my bag. <laughs> And I had. Oh. <laughs> Good to start uh, Wednesday off with a cliffhanger yeah. like that. <laughs> and also, it shows how my memory's going really well. <laughs> I'd put it in the bag about a minute earlier. Um, <laughs> the tea will help. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Thank Kevin. You. There we are. Cheers to the white tea. Oh, that's your, well, well, you want the cup or the... Uh, I don't mind. Whatever. Okay, you always like cups, but don't mm. I like the cup. I can okay. have a cup. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yes, there you are. Right here. It's a mocha pan cup. We shouldn't, <laughs> no, we shouldn't mention company, should we? Um, okay, now, just kicking off because Meg's back, we'll just have a couple of he- Herald Sun headlines oh, for the week. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm sure you've missed, sure missed these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, they, they did a classic on, on Friday, um, apart from football and Young Star Goes Far and um, New Aussie World Cup bid, all etc. across the top. Um, and ads at the bottom, the big story was accused killer made a... No, lawyer X accused killer made confession to be vampire slayer shock. Mm. Front page. Now, we don't need to read the story. I have no idea what it's about, but um, <laughs> the headline's enough, isn't it? It's a Herald Sun headline. Um, now, yesterday, though, they went one better, I think. The top half of the front page was all football, yeah. um, and it was... Um, but then they've got a piece, it's probably a, a serious story, hidden IFR horror, but it's probably. horror, I, IVF horror. Are you sure it's a serious but story? T- page three was the classic, you know, looking at the major news of data, up to date, we've, we've really hit it. We've got the football. Yeah. Um, charges for teen over double hit. But then you go to page three and the big story, copy catcalls, designers snipe over Logies dresses and two women had almost the identical dress at the Logies, the loonies. Oh, the horror. I mean, wow. isn't that one of the great stories of the day? They really are very similar folks. I know. Oh, yeah, Come right. on, Logie. <laughs> what, what did you wear, by the way? To the Logies. It looks like the... It, My 3CR t-shirt. <laughs> it looks like the inside of a wine cask. And I know That's a lot true. about the inside of wine casks. <laughs> you certainly do. You know a lot about... Those things generally. And also, just yesterday, though, as well, uh, no, Monday, this one, um, Splitting Airs, H-E-I-R-S, and again, a a major story, the lead story on the world page was Prince William and Kate are going to Pakistan for a royal tour about the same time as Prince Harry and Meghan go to Africa as the rift between the couples continues. And there's a whole, almost the entire world news page was devoted to that. Uh, I mean, remember back when we were covering the royal weddings? That was... Yeah, that, that was, was happy days yeah. when everyone was getting along. Yeah. Now they're going to different countries. How things have changed. Shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. I hope they, the, I, let's the, hope they sort it but out. But the, eh? the thing is, it's, 
It's completely confected. That's the thing. What? No. I'm sure they wouldn't make anything <laughs> up. Josh, no, <laughs> Josh, anybody inside. No. <laughs> you know, Royal couple the media, updates. John the media has to do this. Has to do this sort of stuff with with you know any any royals that come along. They have to. Oh, it's so exhausting. Be stupid. Well, yeah. We know that. I know we know all that, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> On more serious matters, gang. Um, the, uh, the we know the tax cuts are about to go through, and there's some of the crossbench are going to sell out for various things. Mm-hmm. The Labor Party's going to sell out as well. Yeah. Um, Jack, Jackie's holding out for probably more firewood for Tasmania. Whatever, yeah, like that's that, right. Yeah. yeah, which which in fact uh, Megan's just been enjoying. By yeah, the way. yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and um, and the um, but the the Grattan Institute, which is hardly a commie front. Has done no, an, no. done an analysis of the t- of the tax cuts, and it says that it, when they finally go through that, when the rich get their tax cut, it will make our tax system less progressive in 2024-25 than it has been at any point since the 1950s, and that um, and that the higher income earners will be paying less tax than they do now in in percentage terms. Then, etc., sure. um, etc. Et but other other people down the line will actually be paying more under these so-called cuts. Yep. But it takes us back the, high, the the less progressive tax system than in night in the nineteen fifties. So if wow. it goes that's through, seventy years ago. Well, yeah. yeah, their mentality yeah. is in the nineteen fifties on a lot of things. <laughs> yes, that's right. Speaking, well, speaking, I mean, you know, <laughs> yes, well. Speaking of mentality, uh, Peter Dutton. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have a sip of tea. Do you here. want to talk about mentality? <laughs> well, I want to raise this because he's he said he's 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 renounced his interest in the family trust that cast doubt over his eligibility, and we know that his family trust and his wife runs a, yep. a childcare centre, was getting government money, so it's there was actually, a doubt yeah. over his eligibility. It's a, it's a mm. childcare yeah. empire. I think. That's right, whatever it is. But anyway, he's renounced his interest in the trust and says that's all okay, and the, everyone else says that's okay. The attorney general, attorney general says it's okay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, they, they seem to be overlooking a minor problem, I would have thought, but they're not. Unless someone raises it, I suppose it'll go away. But the the question of eligibility applies to at the time of nominating for the seat. How does it? At, at which time he would not have been, if you know it hasn't been proven yet. But if the, if there is a problem, the problem would have been then, mm. and you can't just then renounce it. Like like what's her name's just come back to the Senate, the Tassie woman Jackie Lambie, mm-hmm. because she went she fixed things up after resigning. But it applied to when she when she nominated, and therefore she was Had ineligible. Yeah. Um, mm. and she's come back after sorting it out. In the meantime, but you know, mm. so I just wanted to raise that little point. But she point. was out of out of parliament while she sorted it out. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Whereas our mm. our Peter's been there yeah. all along. That's right, mm. that's right. Now this job that Christopher Pine's getting with uh, EY, one of the big four accounting companies of the world, to do there to to get money out of the defence industry, the merchants of death. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of questions about it, and even the EY board met last weekend to discuss what to do. And in fact, because they don't like this sort of controversy around their company, of course, uh, and they even they're even considering re- withdrawing the offer for the job. Mm. Uh, but uh, the bit I liked was um, Pine said, issued a statement saying, "I know my responsibilities. I know my responsibilities under the code, and I will abide by them." Now, I would have thought. His responsibilities under the code were not to take the job in the first place, wouldn't they be? I mean, he's, mm-hmm. anyway, we'll sort that one out, but that's just another interesting one. <laughs> I don't know if they have a way to sort these things out, do they? Uh, yeah, they do. They're just like Peter Dutton. You've go on. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens. Yeah. Um, it seems to be the way this government doesn't have many systems in place. As for people leaving the Senate, Jim Molan, the ex-warrior, um, oh, yes. the, the, the man who loves a bit of war and always yeah. advises you to go to war, yeah. and he, was, he headed the operations... In the, in the Iraq War, um, now a senator, but of course maybe he's not. Did they finish yesterday? Is the new senator in? I think it is. Yes. Yeah. So he was knocked out because he got the number four spot, but he handed out a separate ticket. Mm-hmm. There's some suggestion he might get put back to replace um, mm. Sinanidas. Yeah. 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 Uh, but anyway, while still a senator last week, he came out and said Australia has an obligation and the capability to assist the U.S. in invading Iran. So there you are. <laughs> what a wonderful man he is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, if there was another planet and we were battling them, he'd say, yes, oh. we've got an obligation to get in our spaceships and help the Americans battle Mars. Just a door's a touch of war. Yeah, the old, it just doesn't yeah. matter where it is or what no, it's about. No. He'll be there. Yeah. yeah, and he's great to have him advising us. Now, this one I thought fascinating too. The words, this lead story in the Financial Review on whenever, on um, Tuesday, that's yesterday, isn't it, Kevin? Um Japan has resumed commercial whaling after 31 years, meeting a long-cherished goal of traditionalists that's seen seen as a largely lost cause. Now, I would have thought resume commercial whaling after 31 years is a bit ordinary. 31 years of scientific whaling. So for the last 30 years, it's been scientific whaling. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Poor whales. Uh, Well, it's a bit more of an insult. But it's it's what the, um, you know, it's the... um, Prime Minister tossing a bone to the right-wing constituency in in um, Japan. Yeah, it's like the rifle mob in America, isn't it? Yeah, very um, similar. Yeah. Now, also, um, the, the the debate between the numerous people hoping to be the Democrat candidate next year in America Numerous year, is the word. <laughs> that's right. Um, but one of the things they all got stuck into was the fact that that the rate that the Republican administration exists only for the rich. So they're all upset about that. Now, I'm trying to think back to a Democratic president who actually was not only for the rich, John. Can you think of what? Mm. Oh, yeah, I think you're being a bit cruel. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. Obama was for just for the well-off. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not quite the rich. Yeah, so there you are. That's what I mentioned, that little one. Um, and I will now go to this because... You have to be pretty rich to get involved in politics in the USA, as you know. Well, that, well, yeah, so exactly. Well, you've got to. Well, it's the same here now, really. I mean, it, essentially, but much more there, much more there. Um, now, I just want to finish before we go to our first guest on this. The Institute of Public Affairs, our favourite right-wing body, John Roscombe, one of our favourite people, the executive director, oh, yes. he sent out a 14-page letter to members appealing for money. <laughs> 14 pa- pages. Pa- par- parallel to our radiothon. <laughs> but it, uh, 14 pages. He didn't send it to you, did he, Kevin? I've got a copy of it. Um, uh-huh. and, um, Secret sources. <laughs> and and um, it, it's, it's, it, you know, it's the usual thing about freedom. He defends all these right-wing People and speakers who want to go. He's defending um, Israel Falau, and he's you know it's oh a God. take on the freedom. It's of a speech. diatribe, in other words. That's right. Mm. But I want to go to the end of it, where he t- he talks about the things they're going to do, why we need all this money, um, foundations of Western civilization program. Oh yes. Cut red tape to unleash prosperity. The dignity of work project. I think that means you don't pay workers. Legal rights project and criminal justice. Agenda. But then he goes on to one they call Generation Liberty. Now this is this is this is really disturbing. When you put it parallel, and there was a story in the Fin Review written by the founders of the um, Ramsey Centre for Western Civilization, which is in you know the one in universities trying to bring Western civilization and and mm. great writers like Milton and Aquinas and John Mill etc. to us, and how wonderful the pro- and the story was how wonderful this program is, and students will be flocking to to learn all this because you know our history is so important, our white mm. capitalist history is so important. I didn't quite put it that way. White colonial capitalism. But parallel to that, and notice he talked about the foundations of Western Civilization Program, and I'm sure there's massive overlap between that and the other mob. Um, Generation Liberty is the name of the IPA's program for young people. Generation Liberty has a full-time manager and employs 13 young people on a part-time basis as IPA campus coordinators to work at 13 universities around Australia, coordinating events and producing and distributing education materials to students. We have set two ambitions but achievable goals for Generation Liberty for the next three years. The first is for the IPA to have an IPA campus coordinator in all 43 universities in Australia. The second is to directly communicate split infinitive at least once a week with 10% of all young Australians. That's about 300,000 young people. At the moment, the IPA is directly communicating with around 15,000 young Australians a week, increasing 20-fold the IPA's communication about freedom to young people is certainly an ambitious target, but it's a completely necessary target. And that's it. I mean, 14 pages of that sort of crap. 
Um, so but I it's dangerous, isn't it? I don't know much about this organisation. They're obviously very right wing. But what the, do they? What do they want? They're the biggest. They're <laughs> Money. The, they're, 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 <laughs> I suppose they're regarded as the as the biggest right wing think tank in the country, and they're always getting quoted. He po- he points out that it's wonderful that their people are quoted so often on issues, etc. Yeah. Um, and that's part of it. And, and most of the right. Well, not most, but a lot of the right-wing, young, youngish right-wing politicians in parliaments, state and federal, are now IPA graduates. You know, yeah. 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 And they, they tend to be very right-wing. They also tend to be very concerned about the welfare of the rich. Yeah, okay. That's really the basis of what they're about. Yeah. They're looking after the rich and big corporate the big corporate world. So that's the kind of freedom they're talking about? Yep. Mm. Preserving? Yep. Mm. Imagine if trade unions put out a paper saying that we're going to have someone in each campus to uh-huh. talk about union and lesbians. Imagine the screams and yells oh, across the yeah. front pages and yeah, carry yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Generation Liberty yeah. sounds yeah. so Orwellian. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, once you get liberty and freedom in the name, you know it's a right-wing mob. Unleash prosperity, <laughs> right. like some kind yeah. of yeah. attack yeah. on yeah. Pandora's box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so, you know, all about being very aspirational too, you know, all those things. Yeah. So I just thought I'd... Oh, and very anti um, the idea of climate heating too. Oh, oh very yeah, much, yeah. very oh, much. Yes. He oh, yes. strongly defends the Queensland RID, the Queensland academic who, who attacked, who said climate change is crap and the scientists mm. don't know what they're talking about. Mm. And he was, RID was in fact um, sacked but then reinstated. But he, he uses that as a classic example of freedom of speech mm. being attacked, mm. et cetera, et cetera, mm. yeah. Okay, let's take a break. But they don't talk. They they are about looking after the rich, aren't they? They are. They don't. They don't actually necessarily say it in so many words, but that's what they're there for. Mm. You mentioned dignity of work, John. (laughs) (laughs) Unleashing prosperity. That's right. right. (laughs) (laughs) All that. Anyway, that's out there. The policy is, I think, that the workers should be just well enough dressed to be allowed through the front door, but no more. (laughs) But it shows how they're working. We hear them on the news, etc., but it shows how they're working in all sorts of ways. And now if you're going to have full-time people at every university, it's Mm. pretty frightening. Okay, let's get on to our first guest who's going to talk to us about uh, about population. Okay, on the line we've got Michael Bayliss, who's going to be one of the speakers at a function at um, Trades Hall at the International Bookshop on tomorrow week, Thursday week. And uh, Michael's going to talk to us about the issue. It's, a, it's about population. Michael, we're just calling you Michael Bayliss, but what are your qualifications to speak there? Let's find out who you are. <laughs> Oh, look, I've been um, a long-term environmental activist and um, got a particular interest in post-growth societies and um, I've been involved in a number of groups such as um, Gnomes Farming and Doing It Ourselves and um, Sustainable Population Australia and um, another, uh, several other organisations. Right, and uh, by the way, we've got um, we've got Meg and we've got Eugenia and we've got John in the studio as well as me, so you'll get hit with a lot of people here today. <laughs> um, that the, well, the the the, the do tomorrow night. Um, tell us about that. What's it about? Oh, not tomorrow. Night. Uh, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow night week. Yeah. Um, so on the eleventh of July, um, there's going to be an open discussion with a few speakers, and the title is um, "Can We Curb Our Growth Obsession?" Bigger, always better. So we'll have a few speakers, including myself um, and Mark Allen, who's been on um, City Limits quite a lot to mm-hmm. talk about the town planning and holistic perspectives. Bronwyn Pla, um, who does a lot with Extinction Rebellion and Urban Coop and MC by Kelvin Thompson, um, former Labor MP. So um, it's it's a number of speakers who have differing ideas on um, population, but to bring their own individual and unique perspectives into, um, you know, GDP growth. And, uh, for example, I, in in my talk, will be comparing Australia to some other countries who are um, trialling alternatives to the GDP model, such as New Zealand and Costa Rica, um, so, you know, hopefully the, uh, it will avoid an echo chamber and have a diversity of opinion and also allow a, um, an open forum for people to ask questions about um, how and why we grow and where um, population does or doesn't fit into us and, you know, all sorts of things like that. 
So you mentioned that you um, were looking at alternatives to GDP, the GDP model. Can you yeah. um, explain a bit about that? Yeah, so um, I guess, you know, GDP is based on the, I, I guess, the total income of the country, however that is made, um, which is incredibly problematic because um, it says that the country is making more money than it was doing better than it was the um, year before, but it doesn't tell us a lot about the, um, you know, the costs that come from depleting of the natural systems or um, even um, how happy, like, um, individual citizens are. So um, New places like New Zealand and Costa Rica are exploring uh, alternatives to that, such as um, per capita happiness or global happiness index or the genuine progress indicators. And they're more <laughs> looking at... Um, how content and happy are people individually living in the country and instead of focusing on, you know, shifting as much coal as possible, um, it's based around um, long-term sustainability of um, the country's resources. So, yeah, um, it's it's a little bit hard to describe in... Um, <laughs> 30 words or less, but I hope that gives a taster anyway. Yeah. Um, the Herald Sun in the last few weeks has been running a series of articles about the congestion on our roads and how terrible it is and how we need to fix it up by putting more roads in for a bit more congestion um, and talking about the massive explosion on the outer suburbs, that the outer suburbs of Melbourne are going to have a population way in excess of the inner areas in X number of years. So there seems to be no no sense in those sort of comments that we should be cutting back on all this. No, and, um, you know, many neoliberal GDP-based countries um, promote, you know, infinite growth on a finite planet because um, you need ongoing growth in order to generate GDP. Um, and in Australia, um, much of our population policies and the way we build infrastructure and build suburbs and build upwards for the population growth is more or less dictated by property developers and um, those in big business. So we've got two problems here that, um, you know, um, Australia has a high rate of um, politically engineered population growth. Secondly, that uh, it's been catered and designed for in the worst possible way. It's all geared towards property developers um, making more money in the short term whilst the houses and skyscrapers they're making um, crack and fall apart after 30 years or um, just several months in some cases. So, so are you saying that most of the way that Australia generates kind of increasing GDP growth or continual GDP growth is through... Increasing the population? It, it is a way in which um, in which uh, Australia can keep making money through the housing and property sector. In order to keep making money um, through the housing sector and through negative gearing and all that, you do um, need an ever-growing customer base in which to... Uh, create the demand for it. So um, what um, the population policies in Australia have been based around the last couple of decades in keeping the um, refugee and humanitarian intake very low, um, you know, around um, 15,000 per year, and in keeping the um, skilled migration intake um, very high, so that's around 250,000 a year. And, um, and you know, when when politics talk about population, usually what you hear is that they're blaming, uh, you know, refugees and asylum seekers and that the um, economic portion of their population policies are very rarely talked about, so... Um, which... Um, 
you know, I think is a fairly deliberate mm. and conscious decision. But there's there's a lot of population growth that happens in our cities from people moving from regional areas as well, right? It's not all international migration. Um, a, a little bit, although um, there is a lot of the um, major regional centres are also growing, like um, Ballarat, Bendigo and Geelong are also um, growing rapidly. Um, when I last looked into the figures of in, interstate um, movement of people, it's, you know, broadly similar across the state. So, you know, um, quite a few people are leaving Melbourne in order to go to south-east Queensland and, um, you know, a few people leaving from Perth to um, settle in Melbourne temporarily. So um, that is... Um, not the most significant driver of our growth, although it does play a part. Yeah, on that point that Virginia was just making, um, some of the solutions put forward at times are that to stop the expansion of, say, Melbourne, you should develop regional centres, those places you mentioned, and a few other places in the bush. Uh, but, But that problem of of development encroaching on natural habitats, that's still going to occur even if you start expanding at places like Geelong or Ballarat or Bendigo, isn't it? Does that remain a problem? Uh, Yeah, and um, one of the major issues in Geelong is it's surrounded by um, wetlands, and so... um, you know, there's a Excuse case... Me interrupting, but these days it's mostly getting surrounded by new bloody developments between there (laughs) and Torquay, I must admit, but they're (laughs) not... And um, it, it's getting to such extent that the duck shooters are now complaining because um, there's now suburbia on their wetlands so they can't <laughs> shoot ducks anymore, which I suppose is one way to stop duck shooting. But, <laughs> um, but the, the problem is, like, um, you, you know, if, if one touts um, regional centres as a solution, um, but then we complicitly allow the developers to decide how they grow, well then, um, as you already see in Geelong and Bendigo and Ballarat, you end up with just more of the same. You end up with the more um, cookie-cutter, suburbia and badly designed car-dependent buildings, and a lot of these places are dormitory suburbs for people to work in Melbourne. So um, you do also need a systemic change, um, such as an alternative to GDP, in order to make growth in these centres possible. So, oh, sorry, Mick. Um, so should Australia play no part in, in um, say, housing um, refugees or people from poorer parts of the world? I mean, you know, the world, world population is still mm. growing growing fast should we sort of pull up the pull up the drawbridge on all these people um no but what we should be doing is making um the rate of i think we can all agree that um the refugee and farm intake that we do have in australia is much lower than the economic migration program that we have And even if we did want population growth to continue at the rate that it is at the moment, which is 400,000 people per year, um, that those rates at least need to be more equal. Otherwise, we're not um, playing our role to support uh, people in need. Um, And that's not going to... um, we're not going to be able to achieve this if we allow the property developers and big business and the main political parties to um, dictate population policy on our behalf. So um, what I've always said, like, people will have very different views on um, population, and that's absolutely fine. That's what this uh, um, talk is for. But I think that we can all agree um, that it's the community and not big business that should be... Um, you know, determining the size of our population. Um, and I think we all can all agree that foreign aid can um, should go up in order to empower um, women worldwide and um, um, give, you know, free access to medical care and family planning, which are all um, very important, non-coercive um, um, 
drivers to, you know, mitigate population growth worldwide. So, so is that kind of one of the things that you recommend, that the world population should stop increasing somehow? Um, yeah, well, whenever women worldwide uh, are empowered to make decisions on the size of their own families, what um, we always tend to see is the fertility rate um, reducing um, and it's higher in countries where, um, you know, access to medical and um, um, family planning services are lower and where uh, women are less empowered to make decisions on, on their families. So um, this is all explored in um, a, a book that came out, Drawdown, um, edited by Paul Hawken, which um, looks at 100 best ways in to address you know, global emissions and um, combined education of girls and women and uh, access to family planning services were actually the um, biggest thing we can do to address impact on the environment worldwide. Okay, Michael, I'm going to have to wind it up here because we're out of time, but um, give us more detail. This will all be discussed anyway. People can get the full discussion next um, Thursday, tomorrow week, and give us details of the meeting and time, etc. No worries. It's called Can We Curve Our Growth Session? Is Bigger Always Better? It's on the 11th of July, new international bookshop in Trades Hall, and it's uh, from 6pm until 7.30pm. Um, presentations and panel Q&A session will be followed by um, uh, wine and cheese and refreshments to cater for all diets. Right. Wine and cheese for <laughs> all diets, John. Uh, <laughs> all, right, well, <laughs> all right, Michael. Look, thanks for, your, thanks for your all time right. this morning and good luck with all that next week. Thanks, Michael. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That was Michael Bayliss who's um, speaking at that meeting mm. tomorrow week. Um, all right, look, we'll take a quick break, come back and talk transport with John. Cool. He's starting to shake. That was, of course, the Seekers and um, a very conservative group. Um, <laughs> that Eugenia <laughs> don't loves. Know, don't know why I we're playing the them seekers. on 3CR. Put your cup over here. Next, maybe one cup. next week uh, I'm going to play <laughs> We Are Australian. <laughs> well, we, we balanced it last week by playing if you go into San Francisco, be sure to wear some flowers in your hair. Oh, really? because there were Well, there was a do at Trades Hall last Thursday night, which was really a <laughs> gathering of draft resistors and people in that movement. Okay. So How did they go, by the way? Question. It was a good night. It was a really you were there? Ke- Kevin yeah. was, I was there. Kevin oh, was good. interviewed for the project. Well, it was, the, it was the release of a study they did on keeping people underground in that period. So, um, yeah. And oh, it was quite, okay. quite a good night because it was a bit of a reunion for all these people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but um, that's why we played that. But, of course, I pointed out that um, in the Seekers, Athol Guy, for instance, was a Liberal member of Parliament. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not the most radical little group in the world. And I think they, they were very, I think they became very popular because they were pushed by the Conservative forces because uh, they they played that role. They, well, they and also bigger. because Judith Durham is a Got a voice of an angel. She's got an amazing voice. Yeah, yeah well, she, she was. Does, she was. Um, she was big on the jazz scene here in the sixties, of course. Mm. Yeah, and, she's, she's, and I think she's continued to sing jazz. I think too. Yeah, but um, they were bigger than the Beatles. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean they were big. There's no oh, question about it. No question about it. Oh, well. Still um, big in my books. Big, <laughs> <laughs> big is good, right. Kevin. Big just, is good. Just making a note of that, Eugenia. <laughs> right. Still Am I on big your blacklist now? Still big in my books. Just having. <laughs> okay, uh, John. Transport. Transport. Um, and you do want to talk about Mikey today? We've been try- at, we've been aiming at we've this for about three months. That's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, Thanks for there. waiting till so, I was back. <laughs> right. Meg thought it would be all over by now. Oh. <laughs> she loves Mikey. I yes. really want to talk about Mikey. I'm confused by it, and uh, let's get into it. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, Go on. oh <laughs> me! I've got to say yeah, something. You're, you're oh, the one on. I wish to talk about. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Right. Okay. Mikey. Well. <laughs> Yeah, Mikey's. Well, how long have we had it now? It's well over ten years, I think. Mm, yeah, well, well over. Well over. I would, oh, yeah. probably about, maybe about ten years. Yeah, about ten years. Because Peter Batchelor was minister, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, and and of course it's run by a private private company, you know. And of course that private company got its um, got its contract renewed naturally, you know. It's the usual thing, but um, the way it's the way it's been worked. I mean, it's it, it's supposed to be. You know, you have a card. And you tap on and you tap off, and it's, you know, it's supposed to be easy. But of course, it's taken a painful ten years for them even to improve the tap on tap off 
process to being bearable because of mm. speed. You it know. still doesn't work half the time. That's right. Well, mm. of course, particularly on buses and things like mm. that. Well, they yeah. had to. They really had to change the rule fairly quickly on mm. trams. I mean, a tram mm. was supposed to do it getting on and off, but they quickly decided getting off. Yes. You didn't have to. And one was because, anyway, the yes. trams don't go into other regions, so once you're on, you're sort of in yeah, that region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so, so they had to make all sorts of um, ad hoc um, changes to the system just to make it work work to some degree. Mm. Um but, but, of course, you know, I don't think there was any retribution for the private company who introduced the system when it didn't work very well. You know, nothing like that. Oh, no, no. Everybody just sort of rallies around and, uh, and uh, you know. The thing mm. that doesn't make sense to me is, yeah. okay, you've got all these different um, public transport service providers, mm-hmm. trains, trams, and mm-hmm. three different bus services. Oh, more than that. So they're all using Mikey. Yeah. Okay. Someone gets on the train in the morning and uh, goes to the city, comes back later in the day, and then they take a bus. You tap on the bus, you've already paid Mm -hmm. your full fare for the day, right? So Mm -hmm. like if you do two journeys, you pay for a day. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the most that you can be charged. So you tap on the bus, you're not getting charged. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, how mm. do they proportion out the money that Mikey collects? Do you <laughs> oh, know what I mean? The different companies. Yes. Well, the idea was when at the beginning that this would be the virtue of Mikey, that they would be able to, to, to split up all the revenue based right. on entirely on on how, the number of trips. But, but in the end, they realised that, that that wasn't going to work because the system wasn't clever enough to actually <laughs> make those sort of um, and also, surely the the best way to um, divide up the money is for people to pay on their transport that they're on, which would have been well, what the system was before, right? Well, yes and no. It wasn't like that oh, before, okay. but 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 the problem the problem was yes, that Mikey couldn't do those sort of uh, things on its computer, yeah, in its computer bank. It couldn't do them well enough. So they so, so they've continued to do twice a year surveys. Of the, of patronage. That's um, crazy. Um, um, you know, completely in, independently of right. market. And that's how they split up the and money. And that's how they split up the money. You that's know. crazy. Yeah. The buses yeah. must be getting like a dollar a day from all this stuff. <laughs> how do they run? But well, how do well, they because because well, a lot of their because a lot of their their what they they're paid in a contract has nothing to do with the number of people who use the buses. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, so but they're, also, just, they're just paid to run it, and mm, then the money mm. is there's a, separate. There's a, yeah. So the idea is that Mikey again was supposed to incentivise all the various companies to try and get more people to use their services, but but you know right. again that that that's fallen by the wayside. It's never really happened in a big way. No. So the whole thing the whole thing remains. Ad hoc and 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 mm. you know just based on an historical mm. what's happened historically not not what's happening now, right now. Yeah, I was just wondering if if it's maybe a good thing that mm. the government just pays the bus companies some money because inevitably they have to service the outer suburbs where there are just less people catching public transport, but they still need that bus. Well, Whereas it seems unfair for yes. like the the tram company in the sure. centre of sit- get all the town money. to get all the money. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's 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 part of the uh, part of the thinking. Yeah. Mm. But the service that are provided in the outer, outer suburbs are so bad, people don't that use people them. don't use them. Mm. They, they are really used as what you call um, social services in a way that they're yeah. used by people who are absolutely skint, mm. um, who, who don't can't ha- don't have any access to a car. So it tends to or be can't afford a taxi or Uber. Yeah, it tends mm. to be the elderly and 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 uh, school kids and things like and that. And picking up Meg's point, once you've you know once you've been on the system for over two hours, mm. uh, and you're paying the full fare for the day, there's really no need to. Tap That's on it. Anyway. No, I mean, no. If I take yeah. if I take a bus yeah. at the end of the day, you get a bus, why like, why? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. But if and you, you don't, well, yeah, but if you get if it's in if you oh, if, no, if you've done the days, they're not going like, to book you if you've already got. They're two not. Is well, that okay. a fact? They can't. I, mean, I, I wouldn't. Everyone. I wouldn't yeah. take that advice. They can't book you for evading a fare that you've already paid. Well, that's what I would have thought. Um, I don't know, Kevin, but they'll yeah, they'll they'll, they'll book you oh. for not having tapped on. Let's get oh. someone, no, I do it at weekends. Weekends because of the inspector in. 
Because mm-hmm. we seniors at weekends get free travel, I mm-hmm. go to the market and I go around the place. I never tap on it. Unless, you go, unless you're going back through the city and you've got to get through the gates. So you've got to, <laughs> right. so if you go, anything <laughs> have you, have else. Have you ever trans- been picked up mm-hmm. by an inspector? Well, yeah. On the Sunday I was on the it happened a few times, but Sunday I was on a train going the other way toward Coburg and um, the inspectors got on. And I, I, I just walked on the platform and got on the train. But they know. It's, it's, they check the thing and they just give it back to you because they can't book you because there's no fare to evade. So, mm-hmm. so every time the inspector's got on when I haven't, haven't right. tapped on, they've just looked at the ticket and given it back and to me. And that's been at the weekend, yeah. So yeah, do you mean think, like yeah. usually uh, if, if a person is a senior, they tap on and there's no charge deducted? No, that's at weekends, only weekends. Only weekends. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm. That's cool. Mm. So when you get past 65 or whatever it is and you get the pension and all that sort of stuff, you'll be able to yeah, tap on great. and not tap on. Yeah, then the right. system will truly come into its own. <laughs> well, because sometimes I've, um, like, uh, the the day's journey has put my balance on my Mikey below zero. So then when I go on to go on to the next transport, I've been charged for the whole day, mm. but my Mikey balance is less than zero. So you can't yeah. tap on on the bus or whatever. Even mm-hmm. though you've already paid for that whole yes. day, yeah, yeah, and that also seems like it's not right, right? No, that's not right either. That I mean, that's that's not correct. That it should happen that mm-hmm. way. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also a problem if you get on. If you go out and suddenly you get on a tram and it says you're overdrawn or something, there's no way at that point that you can load it up. Mm. Mm. And that's a real problem. That's my problem. I always run out of money on my Mikey and there's no way on the tram to top it up. Which there used to be, which is how you got your ticket on the tram. So, of course, everyone's fair evading because we literally can't top them up. And you can't do it from your phone. (laughs) You can do it from your phone now if you have an Android phone. But doesn't it take like 24 hours or 48 hours or something like that? I think it has. So you stay on the tram a long time. <laughs> Can't get off. So you know, the system is still very, very creaky. In my, my yeah. view, yeah. Um, other cities seem to have similar card-based systems, which, which are far easier to navigate. Um, what are the other ones? Well, they don't have these sort of issues with to- you know with yeah. topping up. Mm. And all of the things well, you've you just been talking about. Well, you can pay for them on the bus. I mean, like mm. in Hobart, for example, they have a card. And mm. if you get on the bus and you need to buy a bus ticket, then you can mm. buy a bus ticket. Mm. It's not mm. rocket science, is no. it? Like, well, yeah. that's the other thing, that we don't have a parallel yeah. ticket-based ticket system. system yeah. no. And most most systems, they might charge you more for the ticket-based system, but at least, you know, whatever you're doing, oh. you'll be able to get a, get a legal fare yeah. easily. And uh, so then, when when the um, the ticket inspectors, bless their big brown coat, big big grey coats, <laughs> descend on you, it's uh, it's you know it's it's a, you know not such a an issue. And that's another most unfair part of the mm. system, of course, mm. that for tourists to us tourists or oh, people coming down from the bush who spend one day in the yeah, city or something. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they've got to pay six dollars, whatever it is, to get yeah. your Mikey ticket. Then they've got to put money on it. Mm. Um, yeah. Whereas there should be a ticket for those people. Mm. In fact, for anybody ticket. who uses yeah. it really, I would think mm. there should be a ticket mm. where you can just have a one day. And, if, and if even, even if the people from the bush have a Mikey card, if they haven't used it for three, three months, the Mikey system decides that they have to sort of re mm. re gear it up. And it expires regularly yeah. as well, right? Every well, that years as well. Or four, well I mean, it's four years, I think. But I'm not yeah, sure. yes, I mean, yeah. most yeah. systems don't don't have an expiry date. The ticket works until it's it doesn't. What a work. waste of plastic! And, like then, mm-hmm. and then, away there's these cards. An, then there's an easy way to transfer if you've got any funds on the ticket to uh, to the next Mikey card. But we have this sort of over bureaucratized system where they're really worried that people might be sharing a Mikey card. Mm-hmm. Well, in, they can't. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, who cares? Paying for a ticket, you're paying for a ticket. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for exactly. Card, that's but, but I mean, at the so, base. Sorry, so yeah. I found in I found years ago in Singapore the card stopped working. I just went to the ticket window and I said, "Oh, oh okay, then we'll 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 transfer the money on that card onto right. another card and give it to you in mm. two minutes." Mm. And then he's only which another cheat from Australia. He said, "Yes, but I wasn't, Kevin." But, but yeah, that, it, that's it, a further problem, isn't yeah, it? That yeah. that, it's it's that, so bureaucratic. It was designed. I mean, the reason these things came in. Like driver, you know, was no, there no, no guards, no station staff, right. etc. Mm. Was to get rid of staff. Mm. It's an ideological um, thing, yeah. Really, to get rid of yeah. staff. So, mm. but then you know, we've got so few staff stations now. You know, they're called mm. whatever they're called, mm. senior, whatever, whatever the title is, um, stations. And there's only a couple on every line. Down once you get out of the city. Mm-hmm. So if you go to a 
to a station like mine and it says your thing's expired or mm. something, in order to get it renewed, you've got to go to one of the staff stations. Mm. Mm. Which you so can't take public so transport. Uh, technically, yeah. you're, technically you're illegally walk. riding, presumably. That's right, so, to get you know, to the station. Yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. a taxi. Yeah. 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 That's right. So, so even if you're, on the, if you're on the train system, you certainly can't assume every station will be able to handle, handle your needs. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It's, it strikes me as an ideological thing. Like yep. instead of the system that we had once where it was easy and accessible to buy a ticket and that mm-hmm. there were people to ask if you had a question or you were confused, now it's very yep. much you're on your own. You can yeah. work, try have to try and work it out. It, it looks like it was designed by the IPA, in fact. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's they're, they're, the, they're the sort of people They're who, unleashing well, they're the sort of prosperity. Peop- they're the sort of people who, who view anybody who uses public transport as automatically being suspicious. Um, if you don't go everywhere in your own car, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And and you know the, like Elon the whole Musk system. Said that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really? right. It's that sort of like approach. That. Like he that's... was like, one day in the future we won't have any you know mm-hmm. stinky trains mm-hmm. or anything. <laughs> well, he's the one who's desperately wanting to build tunnels under Los Angeles. And so get he onto can, a different planet. So he can have a different he can have yeah. a different road system just mm. for him and his mates. You know. Well, it's an adversarial now. I mean, when it, when it was when you used to have a conductor on the tram, yeah, it was. The Collaborative. Station staff who sold you a ticket, etc. Couldn't you? That's right. All that sort of stuff. Exactly. Um, But now, you know, with with once the inspectors get on, all Mm. these coppers who roam Mm. around the system, Uh, I feel it's a really adversarial system. It it, it puts you off. Don't even get me started on their behaviour as well. Like I've seen them be so rude and so um, discriminatory. Well, they're frightening. I think you started going (laughs) discriminatory. Whenever they, yeah, and whenever they see somebody who doesn't speak English as a first language, they feel like it's their duty to bully. Them. Mm. It was ridiculous. Mm. And of course, the drivers, I think they're told they're not supposed to speak to passengers either. Mm. You'd be pleased to know. Can I just say, I had such a nice uh, journey on a bus um, recently, and the bus driver the whole way was chatting to the woman sitting in the front. Uh, like seat and <laughs> like a literally a running commentary and we were coming down Station Street into Fairfield and he was like oh look over there oh that's a new shop oh I haven't been there before have you been there oh geez, this looks really good I reckon they'll have trouble with that ne- kebab shop next door now no one's going to go in there it was the whole way down I was like this is the best on a bus, bus. did you say yeah just oh, yeah. like a public bus yeah yeah yeah, yeah great <laughs> it was fantastic glad to hear it yeah it made my glad day glad to hear it well yeah. are we pleased Kevin, to hear Kevin wants to say something yeah I do want to say something are we pleased to hear our police minister Lisa Neville says combining the efforts and skills of our authorised officers with Victoria Police helps ensure all passengers are safe and doing the right thing when they travel on public transport so that makes us feel safe seeing coppers and people running mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting they're having a, a school holiday crackdown uh, where kids can go, etc., with the authorised officers, etc., etc., and it says over the past eighteen months, authorised officers have checked more than twelve million Mikeys and tickets, and reported more than two thirty-five thousand offences. They have also worked with police and transport operators to crack down on safety. And this is the interesting bit: in Doncaster, Werribee, Dandenong, Frankston, Broadmeadows, and a host of other suburbs. Now, they don't seem to mention Turak, Kew, Brighton, <laughs> Hawthorne. Um, none of those seem to. Campbell no. was living there. Mm, no, 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 funny that. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Interesting where they're, they're yeah. going. Oh, it? yes, they, they, uh, they know their lower lower demographic um, targets, yes, yes, mm. and that's a yes. lot. We have a Labor government, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's right. Mm. <laughs> doesn't seem to, doesn't well, seem to wash at all. <laughs> there was a, um, on the question of staff, there was a story in The Age a couple of weeks ago you may have seen about people being separated from their kids when the, tra- mm. the train doors close and trams and prams oh, and people yeah. get trapped. Yep. And one woman, they admitted it was totally the driver's fault, yet they sent her advice on how to safely use the system or something and she oh, thought no. that was a bit ordinary. How rude. But, but toward the end, the bloke from Metro, whoever, um, yes. said that the people should get up, could get on the tr- with prams, should get on the train close to the driver so he can see them mm. but when they brought in driver owning got rid of guards they assured us drivers could see the whole lot oh, they wouldn't yeah. miss a thing so something's yeah. gone wrong here that, that has kevin yeah the the uh, and you know, and the assumption is that somehow the driver can see all the way down a six car train when mm. the platform's full of passengers oh, or has abandoned it that's a bit, yeah. And also the platforms, you can't find the person. No. Like Southern Cross, 
Yeah. Where is the person speaking the microphone? Like, um, oh, you know, they do. Nowhere like, near the platform. I've wandered <laughs> all over. Like, they're meant to be on, at Flinders Street. You can sometimes see them, right? In you know, hour. they're like, yeah, yeah. they're like, who's Stanley or whatever. Yeah. But Southern Cross, mm-hmm. I'm like, literally, where is the person that you can't? You have to go all it's the like way the back up of the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> pull a pull aside a <laughs> rainbow <Sparkly> curtain. curtain. <laughs> <laughs> you do your Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Well, at, yes. at Southern Cross, which I still insist on calling Spencer Street, um, but that's another Peter. The, but thank you, Peter Bachelor. That's that right. Thank you, Peter Bachelor. That's another right. crime from Peter Bachelor, our old yeah. mate. But yeah. none of wanting Pete. But anyway, but the signs you're raising about having you up and down. But the signs there are pointing to you where you want to go, and the platforms are really quite They're difficult so to follow hard to and, read. and find. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The tiny, tiny little. Screens. I agree. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm getting old, and I can't. The, you should be able to see those, really read clearly. them from anywhere on the platform, but you can't. And like Flagstaff and Flinders Street, they have really clear, mm. big televisions with and the yet, thing. And yet the, the, mm. the newer signs are on Southern Cross. That's much yeah. newer. That's a, that's been Why are an up- they so upgrade. small? Yeah. I don't know. And of because, course- well, I can tell you, because they would have gone for the cheapest, cheerfulest, most easy Easy. Um, mm. because they just spent a lot yeah. of money on that building, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's oh, privately right. owned, of course, or privately yes. run. I mean, yeah. Really? It's, yeah. yeah, that that's station... That's why it never gets clean. That station was le- no leased out to oh. a private company who run the whole... Model, yeah. Is that true show. for the other other stations? No, no just that that's one. a special really? one. Yeah, that, mm. that's, huh. The government bought that on high purchase. You see, they're paying it off. No way. Yeah. Bought no. that from themselves? Didn't sort they of, own yeah. it? No, they don't own it. That when it was Spencer Street? But did they, they, they did then, yeah. The big upgrade yeah. happened and the mm. private so they, sector they paid sold for the it land. and they, the private mm. sector leased it from mm. the government. So yeah. they owned it when it was Spencer uh, Street oh, and yeah. then they mm-hmm. sold it to a private yeah. owner, developer, mm-hmm. and then rent it back from them. Well, it sort of and used that. Did yeah. they use that money to redevelop it? Is that why they sold the land? Well, the, co- yeah. the private sector re- did the pay for the redevelopment, yeah. presumably, yeah. and that's yeah. all part of the deal. But, yeah, yeah we don't it's like actually the, um, own it. It's like the um, housing estates. So the government can mm. shrug its shoulders and say, well, it's not ours. Mm. Just as a cheery note for anyone who lives in South Australia, by the way, and listening, there must be thousands of them. Yeah. Um, Privatisation is uh, coming to South Australia. Private, that's right. Their government has a privatised trams, trains and buses, and the Al Yarra trams mob are seriously considering uh, taking it over. I bet. And, and, of course, the, 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 the Liberal government in South Australia is spouting mm. all the same... Stuff about how great it's going to be, yeah. How great it's going to be. The efficiency of the private sector. Oh, yes. Which we we have felt here very strongly. We sure Uh have, And actually, um, people do comment on um, Adelaide's um, public transport system as being very good. I've heard. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good in parts. Well, use it yeah, quickly. In parts, use yeah. it quickly if you use the good bits yeah. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> use it now while you Get can. Get your fill. <laughs> do any we, errands you need to do sooner we, rather than we, later. We've got to go, team. Well, next, week is, um, next week is energy. We're going to be talking to Helen Vandenberg about a new group that's formed about toxic waste in the West. And we're going to be talking to Dave um, Sweeney about latest developments in uranium and even a move. There's a move by um, oh, yes. a Labor person, wasn't it, this week? Who said we should? Um, it was a, Latham. Latham. No, it was. Oh. There's a bloke from <laughs> one of the one of the union super funds who says we should look at nuclear. Um, oh yes, wasn't that a nuclear. silly article? He yeah. got he got nearly yeah. everything wrong. That's right. Oh. <laughs> well, don't tune agree. in next week, everybody. Don't think John agreed with the article. <laughs> 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 okay, thanks, team and Meg. Welcome back. Thank you very much. See you all next week.